Hello and welcome to the Undercut Podcast. We are back for our Austrian Grand Prix preview. Um, I'm joined this evening by my fellow co-hosts of the podcast, Ellie Mae Taylor and Timo Albus Daly. How are you both? Delirious. Delirious. That, that's, that's how we're starting this off, delirious. Yeah, we've been doing this for two hours now. I was going to try and make some kind of Austria-related joke as to why she's delirious because the hills are alive with the sound of engines, but now she's just tired. No, we, to be fair, we have been recording since 8pm and it is now 18 minutes past 10 because we've already done our British Grand Prix review plus feeder series. So uh, chaotic times, but we motor on for your enjoyment because there is plenty of motoring to be done this weekend. Of course, we're off to Austria and we're off to a sprint weekend. This is our second one of the year, isn't it? Yeah, too, too many. Yeah, still far too many of those. Um, according to the notes, none of us seem to be particularly happy about Sprint Weekend. Um, just sounds like we've got to do extra talking as well. But there we go. It might be good. We'll wait and see. Oh, rant and you can listen. It's going to be what this is. <laughs> oh, yes. This is certainly going to be a Timo rants and we listen because it's now it's time for the news. And um, Spa and Le Castellet are under threat for 2023. Which, to be fair, I'll start off on a happy note. A castle, not too fussed about. It's all right, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's a necessary sacrifice if we have to do that. What pisses me off is far, because for God's sake, just keep it. I don't know what the issue is there. You have one dud race last year, and you decide, oh, we're going to skim that in exchange for Vegas, which is just going to be a glorified shit show. Um, it's gonna. It's just gonna be his his Miami on a next level with a Grand Prix involved in there somewhere, and we're gonna make all of the drivers awkward with their Americanisms, and we still don't have any American drivers on the grid. So half the people watching won't know what's going on anyway because it's just about the pretty lights, and I don't think we're really using Spa for that. And it's again, it's like if if you take Spa off it, we've already had to talk about Monaco, which looks like it might be doing all right for next year now. But again, the fact that we even have to talk about Monaco in the first place, given the heritage, they're ridiculous. We have Spa now. What's next, Monza, Silverstone? It's it seems silly to suggest that, but at the same time, why the heck are we talking about Spa? And I think what's going to piss a lot of people off even more is if we have a thumping good race as well, which exceptional last year we usually do. We usually have a pretty darn good race there. Um, I mean, it's got one of the most iconic corners on the calendar. And even in the years of Mercedes dominance, there was always something interesting there, even if it was just between the Mercedes drums. I mean, Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton, after the long straights going into the, the twisty parts of the circuit up there in the forest, having a bit of a coming together a few times around there, great fun. And you still have, and you have a bit of, what is really just testing the drivers out and talking the boys out from then. Um, with the likes of Giovinazzi and Russell when they were getting started a few years ago, taking them out on what we didn't think was a place where you could really crash because it seemed relatively straightforward. Um, so there's plenty of racing spectacular in W Series Spar last year, of course, on the top of the points of it. I'd say that was race of the season last year. Yes, it was wet. And you had a quite a boo-boo with the big crash there but everyone was all right and the race itself was jolly entertaining we've got our only different race winner for our side from Alice Powell and Jamie Chadwick last year in Emma Kimmelainen so 
the fact that Spar isn't the threat is absolutely ridiculous. And whoever is in charge of that section of stuff at Liberty should go take a good hard look at themselves in the mirror and slap themselves accordingly for even considering it. But fair enough if you want to put South Africa and Vegas on there. I'm all for I'm all for South Africa. Weirdly, just because of if I can't have Casablanca, at least we have an African race. It feels like a more international uh, championship. Vegas, eh? But again, that's why you get rid of France. You've got Monaco; it's fine. It works out. But you don't need to. Like, what are you replacing Spa with? You're not. You're just getting rid of it because I thought you wanted a really long calendar. We want Jesse's 31 race bonanza and. The fact that Spa wouldn't bend beyond that is just ludicrous. And fucking disgraceful. So there we go. And Spa is also a racetrack that the drivers love. So why are you taking a track that the drivers love away and that the fans love and that it's historical? I it's mean, a legacy track. Yeah. If you're going to get rid of tracks, you want to get rid of maybe a street track where the drivers aren't all that fussed about. They like the proper tracks where you can overtake and you can go at high speeds. And That's why Silverstone worked so well last weekend because it was, it was the first time we've, one of the first time we've seen these regulations really come into it properly and I feel like we're going to get that as well. But as well, Silverstone was under threat and I think this race has proved why it should stay on the calendar. I mean, it should stay on the calendar anyway. It should but, never be considered to be off the calendar. There's, yeah. I mean, to, to go off people like Monza, Spa, Silverstone, Suzuka, Monaco, for me, though maybe Brazil as well. Those are the ones where you never really get a boring race. Monaco, I know, is a bit on the fence of something, but at the same time, I think it should still be there unless the cars that we're talking about the track. But there are some tracks that I don't care who's in charge. You should just have unlimited contracts. Until, until the sun explodes and consumes the earth kind of contract. And if you even talk about it, go away. I'm not interested. It's just strange that Spa seems to be the one that's up for debate. I can understand losing France. It's not been particularly exciting. It was a fun strategy battle last year, but not really good on-track fight. You don't really watch it for the strategy that generally... You've, if you want that, you go for endurance racing. Yeah, it's... It's just strange that we're potentially having to literally look up to Spa being sort of kicked off the calendar. I'm glad that it's no longer Spa or Kyle Army at the expense of Spa, more Vegas. And I'm not hyped for the Vegas race. That's not a bet I want to make. No. Fun Vegas pun there for all of you listening. But yeah, I just, I'm just not motivated by Spa, by, uh, not Spa, by Vegas. I want Spa. I'm also so tired I'm getting these bottled up, but that's the point. The fact of the matter is that I don't want to see Spark kicked off the calendar, especially if it's going to be for another copy paste. It does seem very representative of short attention spans from the general fans. Like you only see one race there, and oh, it's not good, so we've got to get rid of it immediately. When it's like, no, 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 you've just turned up here five minutes ago. Go do your homework, get at least 90%, and then we can talk about it. And then also, you're still wrong because Spark should stay there, so start off. So that's largely the biggest news talking point that we can at least carry forwards. I'm about to sneeze. Hang on a second. I'm going to get this out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Moving on with my sneeze. To explode. 
I also was. Uh, moving on from my sneeze, um, Pierre Gasly has a new range of merch out, and it's a really nice black T-shirt with a nice stylized graphic on the back that says "Liked by Pierre Gasly." And uh, I just wanted to mention that because it's, it's it's damn tasteful, and I just think that's funny. The guy knows it's a joke and is reveling in it. But uh, beyond that, that's all the news we need to cover going into the Austrian Grand Prix. So it's time for us to move on with some historical fun facts. Uh, as usual. When did we last go to Austria? 2021. It was uh, on the calendar last year. It was also on the calendar the year before with two races. We had the Styrian Grand Prix and the Austrian Grand Prix. In fact, we had two races there last year as well, didn't we? But we're only back for the one this year. And how did that race pan out? Well, uh, Zhou Guanyu made his F1 debut with a drive in Alonso's car in FP1. We also saw Callum Eilat deputising for Antonio Giovinazzi as well. A dry qualifying saw Lando Norris on the front row with Verstappen on pole. Ferraris struggled on Saturday, though, with uh, both Alfa Tauris and Aston Martins making it into Q3, as did George Russell, who was on a bit of a blinding spell in the Williams at that point in his career. So, uh, interesting times with regards to qualifying and did give us a jumbled up grid in the race Ocon retired from the race early on after contact with Giovinazzi coming out of turn three Norris was defending from Perez a little too hard sent him onto the gravel on the exit of turn four five earned himself a penalty for it Perez then did the same thing again but to Charles Leclerc uh, received a penalty for it both times around uh, Kimi then in a very strange crash hit Sebastian Vettel and uh, Max collected his first Grand Slam. So all in quite an exciting race. And uh, one of the reasons why I always quite like going to the Red Bull ring, there's always something going on through the race. It's rarely dull. Um, the question is... Who I would swap Austria for Spa. I'd allow that. I'd right. allow that, yeah. That, that didn't go on for as long as I thought that would. So I would get rid of it. If it was to keep Spa, I'd, yeah, I'd happily get rid of Austria. Or Hungary. But we'll get to that when we get around to Hungary in a few weeks' time. Um, so who does the Austrian Grand Prix favour historically? Ignoring the Styrian Grand Prix, we're just focusing on the Austrian Grand Prix, the past eight visits to the Red Bull ring have been largely Mercedes winners. 2014, 15, 16, 17 and 20 going to the Silver Arrows, Rosberg, Rosberg, Hamilton, Bottas, Bottas. So with Mercedes' latest turn of speed as well, coming off the back of Silverstone, they aren't to be discounted going into this weekend. But Max has more wins here than Lewis, so has an advantage that way, oddly enough. Uh, Charles certainly isn't one to ignore either with a ninth, two second places and eighth to his name in the Austrian Hills. That ninth place as well uh, came when he was at Salva and the eighth place last year, not helped by Perez's on-track actions. So the question is, what weather can we expect? Um, they're likely to be coming to a green track. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of racing since the Red Bull Ring Classic a few weeks ago, and rain is forecast early on this week and quite heavy. There's an amber warning for thunderstorms. So uh, Friday is set to be quite mild, but probably dry, with Saturday warmer and drier still, and Sunday a little warmer again with a very low chance of rain. Uh, I will say my weather predictions still pretty strong. Uh, I'm diff if I got points for that, I'd be quite a happy bunny, but I don't in our predictions game. Uh, On-track battles, uh, we'd sort of mentioned it in the Silverstone review episode. Um, it looks to be uh, like Mercedes are really grappling with the Ferraris and the Red Bulls. So uh, it's, again, worth not ignoring those if you're going to make any predictions yourself. Or nor is it worth ignoring Alonso or Lando Norris, the Alpine and McLaren drivers, both finding some good turns of speed at the moment. And if someone does get dropped from that leading pack, they could fast be swallowed up by the Spaniard and the young McLaren driver. 
So speaking of predictions, it's time to hear our predictions. Pole position, Timo, who have you gone for? Gone for that nice chap, Mr. Sergio Perez. <clears throat> I think he's he's learnt in Saudi Arabia how to seal the deal on that one now, and it's about high time he got another one. And I think Red Bull Ring would be the perfect place to do it, and also would be rather fun in this whole psychological battle he's maybe brewing of having with Max for the championship if he can do it at a place which Max was rather dominant in last year, and he suddenly just. Yikes that away from him. Would be quite exciting to see him do it there indeed. Ellie May, have you got a prediction for pole position? Yeah, I've gone for Max Verstappen. I think like uh, last year he'll be pretty dominant. So a possible grand slam for Verstappen there. Nod of agreement. I've gone different. I reckon Ferrari might have the advantage, slightly easier to drive car, and the tight corners, fast power exits out of them could favour the Scuderia. So uh, Charles Leclerc on pole for my prediction. Podium-wise, Timo, who have you gone for? I've decided to be sneaky this week, and I'll tell you for why. I seem to have a knack for cursing drivers. However, I've figured out a solution where I can't lose this week. If I predict any of these correctly, I get points for our predictions review. And if I curse, Max doesn't do well at Austria, and I'm happy. So, Max wins, a clerk second, signs third. Ellie May is saying that it's her number one driver. The anime has extended the middle finger on her right hand to signify that, uh, yeah, Max Verstappen is currently racing with number one on his car. So, uh, very true. Ellie, do you want to chime in there? Uh, yeah, I've gone for Verstappen Perez signs. I think it'll be sort of Red Bull dominance, but Timo's kind of gone for similar predictions as me. So, I think he's trying to just jinx me and take me out of the point system completely this this race so do what i must we'll see how it pans out i've gone a slightly different tone leclerc win a signed second place perez third not seeing this happen having a very good time with things potentially overdriving it to try and make up for his uh rather low position from silverstone so uh you can see that coming back to bite him on the bottom uh fastest lap is our next prediction. Timo, you've gone for... I've gone for Georgie Boy. Boy George, who in the commentary for British Grand Prix thought for a moment, wait, why is Boy George in the Mercedes? And then realised, oh, they've got a nickname for George Russell. And everything was back to normal. Yeah, I think after a DNF, he's going to just want to get that extra bit of consistency. And Lewis has proved that a Mercedes can get a fastest lap now. So if these upgrades have been working, then... George should be back up to normal pace and also might have a bit of a lonely race because of that as a result. So might have a sizable gap to whoever's behind him, especially if it's Lewis behind him. Lewis might be willing to help him out there to get him a bonus point, um, especially if he's not able to do so himself because of a gap to a drive behind him. So pit him for soft near the end and then just go for fastest lap and take a point away from Red Bull and Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, I'll chime in quickly and say I'm pretty much in agreement. I could see him sort of running in a oh, weird cow. Yeah, running in a weird middle ground of like fourth or fifth with loads of space around him where he can 
make that extra pit stop, pull on some softs at the last minute and uh, go hell for leather. I'm imagining a replay of that iconic Lando Norris snap where uh, it's just him and his race engineer with him going uh, pushed past for sort of X amount of time and uh, DRS on exit of here. And it was just one of those sort of pristine moments of Formula One precision. I can see George Russell almost replicating that with his fastest lap run. Although, Ellie Mae, you've gone different again. Yeah, I've gone for Verstappen. So, <laughs> Verstappen gets kicked out of the Austrian Grand Prix, you know, for... Um, what am I trying to say? He's going to get punted off into the scenery. Yeah, either he... Well, he crashes, gets taken out, or reliability issues. If any of that happens, then... I'm pretty much out of the predictions. Either that, either that, or I've done a blinder. She's <laughs> <laughs> going from clairvoyance to all or nothing. It's all or nothing, and I either get, what, three points or nothing. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, it wouldn't be the wildest prediction because we've got some wild predictions lined up. Timo, you've gone for neither Alpine in the top ten. Either that yeah, which I'm not. I'm not happy. I've made that, but I needed to think of something wild, and that would be wild. Because I mean, and and you know what? Because I'm not one of these people who makes a safeish prediction. I think it's fair to say that at this point, no? you two are relatively sensible. You have a bit of a wild thing around you, but I'm going to say it's not because they get punted out or because they crash. It's because they just finish outside the points. Ooh. Either that or the sprint risk will actually be good, but I also can't keep a straight face while saying that because it's just not going to be, and that's too hard. Fair enough. So you're saying that Alpine will just finish outside the points. Mm. So if they retire, I can't give you the point. I'm going to regret saying this, but yes. I'm going to take every May strategy and say all or nothing, and they're just going to have a torrid time. Almost like it's you payback. say this like you need extra help to win this fantasy thing from me. I'm not a threat to you currently. It's more just I'm bitter about the time you made me be specific about drivers that were retiring, and uh, I lost out there. So it's uh, this is payback. <laughs> um, such a petty man. Oh yes, very petty. Although uh, rather optimistically, I'm going Hasco two for two with double points. Mick's broken his duck. See, I had to sacrifice Alpine to make yours come true. Look how generous I am. You're so kind. Um, yeah, Hasco, two for two, double points. Uh, Mick's broken his duck. He's, I can see him sort of just pulling in points here and there, sort of like George Russell did when he did sort of Spa, then hung, Hungry, then Spa last year. So in points and then podium. Podium for Mick this weekend. <laughs> Not going to go that far, but that would be a wild prediction indeed. Although I can't remember if I put him down on my list for people that was going to get a prediction overall this year on our ridiculous get a prediction overall this year. No, I didn't predict a Haas podium, although we, do, we did both predict <laughs> Nicholas Latifi podiums. But again, we need to predict those at some point in a race as well. <laughs> Ellie May, your wild prediction? Are you going to let me have my wild prediction of later? I'll let you if, you if you make a wild one. I just don't see a wild one on the sheet. Why can't I have Lederhosen antics? Because it's in Austria and it's pretty much a guarantee. <laughs> It might not be, though. And then if it doesn't happen, it was a wild prediction. 
I don't accept because you're just trying to justify Lederhosen and Jesse can't even agree with it, which means that I know we're on the right path there. Well, my other one was Hat in Points again, but Jesse's got that one. Or just think of something random there. She's given me a lot of looks over the course of these podcasts, ladies and gentlemen, but uh, that was a definite death stare. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want me to make one for you? No. I don't speed you up on making a prediction. Um, Daniel Ricardo. I know what you could do. You could counter all of your other ones and say Red Bull are going to have a torrid weekend and then you balance yourself out. Yeah. Daniel Ricardo is in the top 10 for FP1, FP2, FP3, qualifying and the race. I will accept that because it could all go wrong on Friday. It could go wrong in FP1 and that's my point now. Danny Rick top 10 in all sessions. That's a that's a big ask. That's a bombshell to finish a podcast on. That is a big bombshell to finish a very tired podcast on. If you're still listening to this rather than delirious sleep deprived <clears throat> um, rambling from the three of us, thank you. Um, You've probably found us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or potentially somewhere else. Um, in which case, remember to like, comment, subscribe. Leave us a five-star review. That one as well. I always forget that. But like a like a good restaurant, leave us a five-star review or a tip. There is a tip pot somewhere in the description of some of these podcasts where you can actually send us money. No one has, but you could. And of course, you can find us at other locations across the internet. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, obviously here on YouTube, potentially, and also as a automotive journalist for Classic Car Weekly. Timo, where can the good people of the internet find you? Is it first Super Cup London Paddock Sorority for motorsport articles and on the curbs for, well, just weekly driver interviews? And I should probably plug my other podcast at some point because I've forgotten to with the other ones. And it's the Nitro RX podcast, which, let me tell you, is getting quite fun. We've got some very interesting and fun things lined up for the next few weeks. So keep your eyes on that. You can find that on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as YouTube. And we've got an Instagram page and TikTok page. So we're everywhere now. Everywhere. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on the Undercut Podcasts Instagram page, doing my key takeaways, or you can find me on TikTok if you want to, I don't know, talk to me personally, because that's the only account that I, I run. And I've also decided that I'm going to be a race strategist for this race. I've come up a with... Ferrari? No, I've, I've come up with... Can't do any worse. Maybe Ferrari do need me because I've decided if you're fighting another driver on track, then you want to really pressurize them at turn 10 because turn 10 is where most drivers make their mistakes. It's also the most critical corner on the circuit because it then leads you on to the three DRS zones. But you don't want to overtake into turn one, otherwise the driver other driver could come back and overtake you at turn three. So you wait and you overtake them at turn three, then you go off and finish your race. That is a surprisingly cerebral thought when this podcast dawn. Thank you very much indeed. Um, if you are a racing driver racing this week in Austria and that top tip pays off for you, let us know. Um, you, 
And if you're a twisted driver racing in Austria, don't do that. Drive sensibly. Silly yes. people. Yeah, drive sensibly, unless you're Pierre Gasly, in which case, take heed and get a podium or something. Get your key back. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back after this for... It's going to be Austrian another... Grand Prix review. Plus... Formula 1, Formula 2, and Formula 3. I think W Series as well, but I think they might be in France instead. But Jesse is going to edit around with accordingly in a moment, depending on if I stop talking. If you just stop talking, we get in the podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye.